Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another wonderful School of Light educational series. Yeah, this is also going to be a tele-ministry educational course for you to take. Oh, you won't know very much about this topic, but I'm here to help you. And we are beginning an episode number one. And the title of this new educational series is The Journey of the Everlasting Covenant. That's right. I was given this topic to study and to offer to you as a teaching. When I turned down to be evaluated, to be on a podcast for free, I learned that I was not to submit these teachings, these words of God that were given to me through spirit and life of the Holy Spirit to anybody else to evaluate. I already did that once. And they said, well, that doesn't fit what we're looking for. So when this opportunity came to me again in an email, from a company, it's probably a very good and reputable company for podcast. I chose, and I realized that I was never again to put forth the spiritual teaching I was given years ago and even today to anybody else to evaluate and decide if it fits their population or their goals of their podcast. And when I said, no, thank you, I appreciate the offer, I was given a new topic, the everlasting covenant. Mm -hmm. I had never really studied this myself. I knew it was there. So I began. And as you remember, I sent you had out an introduction to this new educational series. We're always looking for what you'd call covenants, contracts, deals between humanity and somebody else, usually a supreme deity. Mm -hmm. They'll do this for you if you do that. Mm -hmm. If you serve me in this way, I will do this for you. It's called a covenant. And I'm going to begin here telling you the history of the long, long journey of a particular everlasting eternal covenant from a loving, loving heavenly father who is a king, a great majesty and royalty over an entire kingdom, land, called heaven, and he desired to make this covenant with his children. It was a promise of his heart to his children, who he would make in his image and after his likeness. And they would be about his business through this covenant, this contract, this legal deed here on earth in the realm of the spirit that would eventually flow out 
to the realm of the soul, the helpmate of the spirit, and out through the physical body to all of nature, all of creation here on planet Earth, and soon out beyond the moon, beyond Mars, beyond this galaxy to other galaxies. Don't you think we're the only life forms? There are many spiritual life forms out there. And there are other creatures. You might call them aliens. But they're not to God, not to this king. If you ever study his kingdom, it is big, large. And it has some creatures in it that look strange to our eyes. We see some of these creatures here on earth in the animal kingdom, the insect kingdom. Animals that are deep, deeply hidden down in the deepest oceans where there's no light. We see this in the tiniest viruses and bacteria. Mm -hmm. So welcome to a new series. This is episode one of the journey of the Everlasting Covenant. And I am Pastor Deborah of Agape Love. Love is here's global teaching ministry. I want to inform you that I am on Zoom recording. I'm using a motion video by Pixabay. And I don't have a green screen. I have tried all kinds, big, big ones. They are too big, too cumbersome to open up. I have tried ones that fit on a chair. They're too small. Then I learned how to make one my own out of poster boards. But I didn't have a wall to put it on. So I chose something else, and it was too cumbersome. So you will see at times around my hair, it'll disappear, or my background, or my hand might just disappear into the video. And sometimes around my chair over here, you'll see some of my chair come through. I hope you don't mind. But I don't have a dedicated space. I'm sitting in a living room that has two parts. They have sofas and chairs and wardrobes, which is a closet, bookcases and books and desks and lamps and tables, televisions. I don't have a dedicated room. Mm -hmm. And when I found Pixabay, I could download free motion videos. It's so much easier to just sit down and get it and not have to put up behind me an easel with a big picture frame. It's it just have to put up with a little of those issues that I may not be super clear or things may happen around my hair or like, oh, my hand disappear. Or you might see my background coming through. So I, I know you are very loving towards me. And you will put up with the few little snags, so to speak. That's right. All right. Episode number one. I told you how I got it and how I was working through Isaiah 61, verse 8. These were the Isaiah 61 and 62 were the prophetic words of a father to you. They were his heart's desires. His prophetic words he spoke out before a young man named Christ Jesus came and said, in your ears today, these words of prophecy 
prophetic words are being fulfilled. And the same is true today as I speak to you. But before we go any farther, Pastor Deborah, if you don't know, always loves to pray for us and for the teaching before we begin. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you have drawn right now here in the spirit to hear your words of the everlasting covenant and the journey that it went on and how it is still there for them even today and how it, you sent it through space and time. Oh, it had to be altered many times. But your heart desires to have an everlasting covenant with the forever person inside of a dirt body, your spiritual creation that God all perverted, twisted, evil, and wicked. But you would promise to birth us again and then make this new everlasting covenant with that person, the forever person, the child of the light your child. We also know and are going to learn about your everlasting covenant to the earth and all of creation itself. So thank you, Father, that through your Holy Spirit, you will teach us. You will speak and anoint the words that I'm about to teach. You will open up their blinded eyes, their deaf ears. You will help their mind of their spirit to perceive these words of spirit and light. So they will come to know you and how much you love them, how much your covenant has been there for them. Oh, it's been battered and bruised and broken, stretched, denied, but it held because you held, because you placed your word that you spoke in the covenant above yourself with all authority and dominion, even over you. And it held and you held to accomplish your everlasting covenant with all of life. So we thank you, Father, for you are truly a worthy God and King to be praised. Thank you, Father. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. All right. So you know how I got the title when I denied and I did not subject any more or any of God's teachings to anybody else. So then I had to study and I have begun, still have to study. I have to look up the words. And as you know, Pastor Deborah is a teacher as well as a mother spiritually a pastor, a shepherd. In fact, I fit all five of the callings, a ministry. I'm an apostle, a sent one. I'm sent to you right now through this video. That's what an apostle is. When I go out in the spirit, I am being sent out on the father's business. I'm an evangelist. I'm going to help you to get birthed again. I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. That means a shepherd, a protector, a warrior, a provider, a leader, and a guide, and a mother, spiritually, and also a teacher. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. that teaches. Also, I'm a prophet. That means I speak when in this letter, when I talk to you, I am speaking the words of God that he gave me from my study, from his word to you. And he will help you hear him, not me. I'm just the messenger. I'm a political ambassador, a government official, a powerful kingdom called heaven. I have political, diplomatic immunity, spiritually. I'm here in a foreign land, the earth. I'm out here in this other spiritual country called darkness. Mm -hmm. As a politician, mm -hmm. as an ambassador from the kingdom of heaven, with the words of the king. And I'm bringing you them, the journey of the everlasting covenant. As you know, I work I'm working through Isaiah 61 in many different videos. We were in the teleministry, and I got to this portion of verse number eight, and it said, and I, that means the Lord God, will make an everlasting covenant with them. Okay, now he said that after verses 1 through 7 and part of 8 of Isaiah 61, which basically said his word was anointed to preach and proclaim good news to you, you who have been locked in prisons of your spirit, in the darkness and ignorance of him and you. And he is going to open the doors for you to come out. So you can hear good news. It was going to give you who were mourning for your losses spiritually, who were grieving and had a spirit of heaviness on you, who had become just the spiritual tail to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life of your soul, and who was nothing but prey and victim to demonic spirits. Mm-hmm. So he said, when I get you all cleaned up, get you fixed up, get new clothes on you that are beautiful and radiant, begin to feed you my nourishing word, living water, and I continue to proclaim and decree to you that all those days are over. He said, then that occurs. It's sort of like being born again. Instead of the icky old stuff, you take off all those rags of humiliation and shame and memories of any kind of abuse. And they get thrown into the grave and the sea of forgetfulness. He says, I'll put new clothes on you. I'll make you a spirit of light. I will set you free from your mourning, your spirit of heaviness. I'll do great and mighty things in you and for you. And then. I will make an everlasting covenant with the new you, mm -hmm. my new child, birthed in light, birthed by the blood of another, the sacrifice of a young man. I will make a new everlasting covenant with you. So I began, and you know where Pastor Deborah always begins, definitions. So let's look at the word 
covenant from Webster's Dictionary. The Webster's Dictionary defines the word covenant, C-O-V-E-N-A-N-T, as cutting a compact by passing between two pieces of flesh. It means being in league with, partnership with. It means to select something. It means to render to something. It means to choose what you want to be in covenant agreement with. It is to be manifested. It's also to cut in a formative process. It also means to create, to make and decree. It also means in the Greek to be a contract, a covenant, a testament. Webster's Dictionary continues and says it's a formal, serious, and binding agreement, compact. Number two, a written agreement or promise, usually under seal between two or more parties or people, especially for the performance of some action. Number three, the common law. It's an action to recover damages for the breachment of such a contract. It's a pledge. It's a contract. So that helps us to understand a little bit about the word covenant. Now, where did it begin? Everything has to have a beginning. Well, the covenant began inside of one who was just one when he decided to make an agreement. And he made this agreement with himself, deep on the inside of his thoughts. This creator, who would create all of life, would create an everlasting, that means eternal, covenant. And when he had made that with himself, deep on his inside, he would be the one who would write it down, bring it forth, breathe life into it, seal it with his own blood. For he was also the judge of the universe. He would take this covenant to the judge, sealed in blood. And this covenant needed a partner. And he was going to make it with all of life itself creation, and he would make it with his children to come. His image and likeness he was going to create. He was going to pledge himself to creation. He was going to pledge himself to his children. And so a covenant began deep on the inside of the very thoughts and heart of this loving father that we are learning about in Isaiah 61. This Lord who would make himself the everlasting covenant between him 
and all of life. So he began inside with his own thoughts. He said, I am going to pledge myself to all things that I create, my laws, my powers, my authority, my kingdom to come, the country, my power, to agape love, to love, to agape love, joy, and peace. And I am going to make an everlasting covenant with my children that I will bring forth. For I am the first, that's the alpha, and I will be the last, the omega. And in between, it will be a mess, but I will hold. And I will make this pledge, have this contract, this covenant within me first. And all of my components, my father's side and my mother's side, and my power side, the Holy Spirit, my word would be the covenant. I would speak it out and it would be done, sealed by the Holy Spirit, sealed by the blood of a sacrifice. So it was decided inside of this creator of this everlasting covenant. You might call him the great I am, the great Jehovah, the Lord, which means owner. This source of creation is the owner, the Lord of the everlasting covenant. And where did he begin? He was going to begin first with creation. He was out in the vastness of nothingness, just him. He had every creation, every law, every virus, germ, plant, tree, creature, every galaxy was inside of him. He had created it. Many of us do that, but we don't know that we're doing it. When we create worlds for us to live in, Great way to see that is in The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy got hit on the head by a window. And in her dreams, she created the land of Oz. It had strange people, the munchkins. It had Glinda, the good witch of the north who traveled in a bubble. It had bad witches. Mm-hmm. The witch of the west. Mm-hmm. And it had talking scarecrows, talking lions, and a tin man. It had flying monkeys. It had castles of darkness. It had poppies that were poisonous. It had good and evil in it. Dark forest. Beautiful emerald city with horses that changed colors. And a wizard that seemed powerful. Yeah. So we all have the capabilities because he gave it to us to create. So first inside of himself, he created all of creation. He had a design. He had a heart of what he wanted it to look like. But he knew because he was full of wisdom. He was a prophetic seeing God. He could see throughout the years where his covenant to creation would be stretched, perverted, forgotten, 
lost. And he would have to make it with parts of humanity called the flesh. And they couldn't even hold to it. But he made laws, judgments, justice. He vowed to keep loving creation. Even if he had to recreate it, he was going to get what his heart desired. So he could be in an everlasting covenant with all of creation without sin and death and fear and sickness and disease in it. He was going to have what his heart desired. And if, even if he had to recreate it all, he would hold with his everlasting covenant. It was a vow he took to himself. And so he began inside of himself. And we learned that he became a creator right from the very first scriptures out of his book, the Holy Bible, which just means holy book. And it said, and God created the heaven and the earth. He did it. Nobody else. Not evolution. Not some strange forces that just blew up and a big bang occurred. Not Satan who says he is God. God means a source that has no other source above it. He is self-sustaining. Mm -hmm. Continues. We look at our sun. It's self-contained. It just keeps shining out. Well, where did all that stuff come from? It's a self-containing sort of heater for the universe. God created that because God says that was in me. I created that by my thoughts. So let's hear how this covenant came out of him. Okay. In Genesis 1, 3, God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. Knowledge came. Life came. Truth came and light came. And that was big, the beginning of the everlasting covenant. The Holy Spirit moved on it, on the face of the dark, and brought forth order and put everything in place. And we now look at another scripture, Psalms 33, 9. Verse 9 says, for he, God, the creator, spoke. He decreed, breathed out, gave life, and it was said. The covenant was coming forth by light, by words spoken. You have to learn that this God, when he speaks, it's law, command, life comes forth. It is an unbreakable law. It's a covenant. When he spoke, when he decreed, it was done. He commanded. He made law. A binding, eternal, unchangeable law. This covenant that he would have with all of life 
and humanity was unchanging, unbendable, could never be disturbed. It could be forgotten. It could be perverted, could be lost in time to darkness. He would make it over and over again because circumstances changed. His loving children disobeyed him and left him, were kicked out of his presence. That's where all of humanity pretty much is right now. Not everybody. Pastor Deborah found her way back when she was about three. Mm -hmm. I used to talk to him every night and ask him to pray for family and the whole world. When I was probably three, kneeling on my knees. Mm -hmm. I entered into that covenant that he had with his new creatures when I found him. So he commanded, and everything came into order. Unbreakable. And what was this? The everlasting covenant with life itself, with creation. It stood fast when he spoke. It was an unbreakable bond between him and life. For all eternity to come, he was the legal source, the authority, the author, and would be the finisher of this everlasting covenant. So this God spoke out the everlasting covenant in light, in truth, by knowledge, an unbreakable legal binding contract to and with all of life, creation. That's right. So out came from the heart of this God, the God of the Holy Bible, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of a sweet young girl named Mary, the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the God of life itself. Knowledge came forth, truth, and out came his bond and tie through agape love. It was the bonding tie, the covenant that would hold him in relationship to all of creation, the mother. The mother's side of him provided the powerful agape love to hold, even when his father's side would be angry and want to punish all of creation. Sometimes the father's side took over, and he did that. But the mother kept coming back and saying, we can't do that. They're but flesh creatures. So he'd make a new covenant based on love from the mother's side, agape, love. And God had these two parts. He had the powerful father's side, the disciplinarian, the source, the warrior, the ruler, the king. And he had the mother's side, 
the sweet side, the forgiving side, the merciful side, the one who could forgive but hold everybody together because of love. For love was the greatest gift, the greatest part of this covenant. It was bound in agape love. Mm -hmm. Then these words of living water came forth out of him. He birthed creation himself that he had already made an everlasting covenant with it in himself. It was birthed, it was birthed out into the sea of nothingness, the vastness of where there was nothing, for it had only been him. The creator himself breathed forth in words, and his spirit was in the words, and it moved on the face of these words and brought order to everything. Mm -hmm. So the everlasting covenant we're learning began inside a loving father and mother and with their son, the very word of God and the authority and power, the Holy Spirit. This family would bring forth the everlasting covenant. Everybody had their part to play, for all of creation depended on these holding through some horrible times, times of darkness and evil, perversion, forgetfulness. They would have to hold. And the mother was there. Agape love said, we will hold no matter what. Now we go to Psalms 33, 4 through 8. Verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right. It's not corrupt. It's not crooked. It's not perverse. It's not twisted or tarnished or evil or unlawful. It's not wicked. And all of his, God, the Lord's words, his actions, his deeds, his thoughts, his creations were done in truth. His everlasting covenant was done in truth and light. All of creation would learn of it. Slowly over time, even slowly through the years of eternity, all of creation was given this knowledge. And when he decided to expand his territory into the natural realm, so his children, his spiritual beings that he wanted, would have their own land to rule and reign through him in their spirit, like he ruled in heaven. They couldn't rule up there because he was there. He was the king. So when a king wants to give his children their own land, where they can be king and rule and reign. He has to go get new territory. So he created something called the natural world. And he put his children, his spirit, 
called humanity, man, inside a dirt body from this earth called humus. And we became known as humanity. Inside that spirit, the child of God was the Holy Spirit, the governor, the one that was going to help them rule and reign here on planet Earth. So the covenant was beginning. It had rules. And a loving father and mother, all in one, wanted to see their children grow and develop, grow up and mature and become the rightful rulers of a territory. Oh, the natural world is a powerful world. You look out through the Hubble telescope, the James Webb telescope, you will see billions and billions and billions of light years back. We are to manage rule over all of that. Yes, there are aliens out there on other planets. There's other solar systems with planets. Oh, they won't look like us. This God was a God of vastness of creation. If you read some of his words about the living creatures, some of them are just horses. There's angels that strange. Some of them are just lights and wheels. Mm-hmm. Some of them got many heads and many wings. Oh, he is a creating God. He has got such an imagination. It's beyond any of us. But we can see a lot of that when we look at science fiction movies, fairy tales. We see that animals can talk. We see possibilities. Some of the great movies that help us is like The Matrix, The Lord of the Rings the lion and the witch and the wardrobe. That's right. And you can see out to the vastness of the spiritual kingdom and how it relates to the natural world. So the everlasting covenant was in both realms. It was in the realm of the spirit. And it came to earth with humanity when they were first created. And it came in truth. And what did that word mean, truth? It means stable, unbreakable, standing, enduring. It was sure and certain. It was trustworthy. So with these qualities, humanity would know this everlasting covenant between them and their creator was trustworthy, was assured, guaranteed, established faithful. Then what spirit man was to do was to show this everlasting covenant out through them to all of the natural world so they would see the great creator and the father and the source of this everlasting covenant to them also. So this everlasting covenant came out in truth, came out Steady, secure, supported. It will foster and guard as a parent. It will be trusted. It will be permanent, fixed, eternal, everlasting. It would always be in the right hand of assurance. It would also be a pledge that was sealed by the right hand of an oath. When you shake hands, you take a vow. 
When you raise your right hand, you're taking a vow, a pledge. You are bonding. You're saying that whatever you do or say is the truth. It is verifiable by eternity and even by testing. Mm -hmm. Truth means it's true. It's not concealed or hidden. Webster's Dictionary defines truth as fidelity, faithful, not a liar or a deceiver. And it's constant. It's also sincere. It's not lying or deceiving. So this everlasting covenant had to be created in, withheld by, written in truth. It was not going to be with you in any actions or character or in words. Number three, it was a body of real, believable, tangible words, deeds, things, events, or facts. So we are beginning to learn that the everlasting covenant that this God spoke out of himself first was created within him. And we are learning that he wants to make it with us here in Isaiah 61, verse 8. We're going to read the whole verse to you. For I, the Lord, this is him talking to Isaiah, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. And I will direct their paths, their work in truth. And I will make, I, he says, will make an everlasting covenant with them. We've been working through Isaiah 61 and soon 62 in the teleministry, verse by verse. This one's been broken up where there's a little comma. I work just through that. And it takes us a while. I'm a very slow teacher because you have to learn. So this covenant is one that was created, made in himself, created by light, that was filled with life, and it was based on truth. Now we go back to Psalms 33, verse 4 through 8. We're in verse 5. He, God, the Lord, the owner of the everlasting covenant, loves righteousness and judgment. And the earth is full of his goodness, his mercy of the Lord. If you look around, you may not see it very much. You may see lots of unrighteousness, lots of death and wickedness and perverseness. But he's looking with different eyes. He's looking through the eyes and the heart of his everlasting covenant. He's looking through his laws of life and death. He speaks very carefully. When you are a leader, a king, you just don't mouth off on Twitter or social media. You don't respond to every comment. You don't seek likes. You have to learn to guard your tongue. If you are one of his and working for him, you are only to speak his spiritual words, his everlasting words of the covenant. You're to provide 
and help people find it and believe in it. Verse 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens, both the spiritual realm and the natural realm made. And all the hosts, the servants, the angels, the creatures of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse 7, he gathered the waters, the words of life and truth of the sea, the fullness of his breath, the foundations of life. We learn a lot about the sea. The sea in Hebrew means the roaring, the voice, a large body of water, a river. Mm -hmm. His voice comes out in water, words, power. So the everlasting covenant came out this way after it had already been created, set in stone. His son, Christ Jesus, already volunteered to be the lamb to shed his blood, which we will learn throughout the history of the covenant, to seal the covenant, to bring forgiveness and seal it. It needed blood. Now, there is spiritual blood, mm -hmm, and there is earthly blood. That's right. Verse 7 continues that together, his words were piled up as a heap. And he laid up the deeps, the depths in the storehouses of his kingdom of heaven. He has riches up there, glory. He has things there for you to discover when you're ready to be a seeker of him and his truth. So we are told. There was a beginning. It came forth from words, spoken, breathed out, infused with the Holy Spirit, out. And he didn't birth them till everything was ready. So the everlasting covenant between this God, this creator, and all of life was there in his words. And that's where the beginning of the everlasting covenant began. And I want to end right here. We'll pick up in episode number two, and we'll hear more of his everlasting covenant to humanity and what his covenant provided for us, decreed for us, and how it was presented to us. But let's end here with just this little bit of the beginning of the, the journey of the everlasting covenant. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your teaching. Help us as we continue to grow and learn about you and how you created this everlasting covenant between you and humanity, between you and all of creation. Help us to understand your heart's desires for us, every human, no matter the age, even the baby in the womb, every child and infant and all of creation. Help us, Father. We need you 
your truth and knowledge and wisdom to lead us and guide us into all truth. So we are no longer in the darkness and ignorant about you and your great love for us through the everlasting covenant. And Father, begin that journey for everyone that's here or watching by giving them a Hebrews 4.12, a spiritual circumcision, where you bring the spirit up out of the cocoon of the soul, the darkness of the pit, and you sever it and bring it forth as a beautiful butterfly, a new child of the light that you can teach your everlasting covenant to. Father, provide them with that new birth. The way has already been made. Fulfill your heart's desires of Isaiah 61 and 62 in their life, if they want it now. Father, bring them forth as children of the light, children of the new covenant that you made with all of humanity that was sealed by the blood of your word itself made flesh on a cross. And then you gave the evidence of this new covenant, this new birth, when you breathe the Holy Spirit back into the dead physical body of Christ Jesus. And he arose out of the tomb, out of death, hell and the grave. Father, you showed us what this new covenant could do. And we know there's a new earth coming where we will all be together. Father, help him, help him, Father. Only you can do this in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, I'll see you in episode number two of the journey of the everlasting covenant. Bye. <laughs>